0: Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about the upcoming camp events we have. First, we have a benefit concert in collaboration with the New Arts Collaboration that will feature new music by minority composers and performers. It's on Thursday, September 30th at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. This concert will only be live streamed on YouTube and will be followed by an open Zoom discussion featuring select performers and composers from the concert. Next, we have Intempore on Sunday, October 3rd at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be held at the Tamuka Arts White House in Orlando, Florida, and will be both in-person and live-streamed. And then we have Constellations on Saturday, October 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be held at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Tampa, Florida, and as well will be in-person and live-streamed. Finally, we have our inaugural campground festival from March 24th to the 26th, 2022. We have a call for scores that ends October 31st and a call for performers that ends October 15th. All of this can be found at contemporaryartmusicproject.org under the events section. And now to the podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Zach Hale, and this is Play the Ink, a podcast where we discuss the performer-composer relationship with living musicians, and how the performer can change the way the composer composes, and how the composer can change the way the performer performs. Today on the show, we have Dr. Shishun Chisun Lee, who is a Taiwanese-American composer living in Seoul, South Korea. Her works were described as eye-openingly, befittingly complex, but rather arresting to hear by the Boston Globe. Some of her achievements include being the winner of the first Biennial Brandenburg Symphony International Composition Competition in Germany, and being a 2015 Guggenheim Fellow. And we have Dr. Haisheng Deng, who is a scholar of Chinese music and a master player of the 21-string Chinese guzheng, and is living in Tallahassee, Florida. Some of her achievements include the 2017 Ruby Chao Ye Award from the Association for Chinese Music Research, the winner of the Outstanding Performance Prize at the 1995 Chinese National Zheng Competition in Shanghai, and being a 2018 Florida State University College of Music Research Fellow. We caught up with them on a Saturday morning for me and Haichung, and Saturday night for Shishun, since she is in Seoul, South Korea. Shishun, I think one of the interesting things that I've seen a lot of your work, and seen your work for things like flute, vibraphone, you know, Western instruments. And then you like to write a lot for, I guess we can call it traditional instruments. So Chinese, Japanese, um, and Korean, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting to talk about um, because not every composer does that. And I think it'd be a good thing to share. And then also, do you play an instrument that not a lot of people have seen, or so I think, but we can discuss that as well. But So I guess the first thing is just talking about these traditional instruments. um, So kind of, Shishun, where did you learn how to write or play for these? I'm guessing that they're prevalent in Taiwan, but maybe I'm wrong. So how did you learn about these instruments, and how did you learn how to write for them?
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, it is a very good question, by the way. Um, I mean, yeah, when I grew up in Taiwan, uh, my primary... um, Music education systems were all pretty much focused on the Western music, per se. But of course, I mean, there are some people actually have, uh, major in traditional instruments like a uh, guzheng, you know, dizi, uh, pipa, etc. But yeah, but but for my side of, <laughs> for myself, I actually were pretty, uh, focused on the um, the Western instrument tra- training. Not until in, nineteen ninety. 1990... 1992, yeah. I think in uh, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I got an um Commission, in fact, my f- very first piece that I ever written for traditional uh, Chinese instruments actually was a, a commission piece to write uh, for a, a bassoon and a Chinese tr- traditional ensemble. So, uh, because of this opportunity, so I actually had to research, just like in fact, you know, I feel that you know, writing for any instrument is not too much difference than actually, you know, writing for the the, you know western instruments i mean we all still had to do research etc and still have to learn to, you know the, uh, all the techniques yeah, so I mean, it, it it's actually in a way, it, it, right now, especially you know in 21st centuries, such a globalization uh, mindset, pretty much everybody can do everything. And um, so I mean, yeah, so I, I came across with uh, the opportunities and then I learned and then it started study, you know uh, about, writing for the traditional instruments. And I never actually worked in with the performers up until that opportunities. And I didn't even meet with the uh, uh, performers in Taiwan at all until I went to Poland we met each other in poland <laughs> so we had a rehearsals and then they they flew over to france for world premiere after that yeah so it was actually a very uh all like a, you know out of country experience for me yeah, during the time period and then yeah since then i have been um um composed for uh, these mediums, and as well as uh, Japanese traditional instruments and Korean traditional instruments as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it It just like uh, what I mentioned, you know, uh, writing for the traditional uh, instruments. I mean, especially nowadays, there are so many um, resources that people can learn about how to write for the instrument. And in fact, a lot of uh, resources are in English nowadays. And uh, many of them actually are also focused on the contemporary music uh, techniques. As well, yeah. So for the twenty-first century composers, I think we are all in luck, you know, for for writing for this type of mediums. So it, in fact, it's really not that challenge for anyone at all. And I mean, just to to um, talk about an, an example, in fact, uh, one of a uh, traditional Chinese instruments, I mean, for high tones instruments, of course, uh, th- there are so many uh, not, non-Asian composers has been written for Gu Zhen already, and uh, and also like a, a sheng, you know, like a, the, the mouse organ, the Chinese mouse organ, sheng, in fact, there are many great uh Chetos are written by uh, non-like like, uh, like uh, uh, Taiwanese Chinese-related uh, composers. I mean, and many of them actually were like uh, Westerners. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, the p- people are actually having trying and doing a great job. Even I mean, that, that, it's it's like a, you know, regardless which nationality you're from, basically. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, in a way, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, the process for me now. Of course, I got to learn to how to do the traditional way first, and then kind of um, elaborate into uh, finding the possibility of doing the contemporary techniques uh, on those instruments. And over the years, really, literally, over the years, we Hai Chong and I we have been worked very closely since 1998. <laughs> yeah, I bet there are a lot of people who are listening right now, not even were born in nineteen ninety eight yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have a really little really relationships. and I have to say though, I mean, Hai Chong has been my muse. I mean basically, yeah, she make everything is possible. And uh and I I also have to say that really among to all the traditional instruments, my topic is always good because uh the possibilities of making new sounds and varieties, you know, I, I really can just exist all my imagination for sure on that particular instrument, especially with a great musicians like Hai Chong. So I'm I'm very in luck in that in this case.
0: So I guess to ask too, so I guess you, you don't play any of these because you have so many great composers that are uh, great performers that you've worked with. Did you ever try to learn one of them or have one at home to play with?
1: Oh yes, I did. In fact, <laughs> because of a process, this particular process, mm-hmm. uh, this particular piece, I actually literally bought a Guten yeah at home to try out all the possibilities that I can do that I have not done you know by then but but uh not not for professionally uh perform per se at all but I mean to try out you know different techniques etc yes I, I I do own one mm-hmm. at home and in fact uh my husband, Michael Timpson is also a, a composer too, and he collected a lot of traditional instruments. So we we do actually have like a displayed uh, a case of like a, a lot of different wind instruments from all different parts of words. Yeah, so I mean, it's, I think it's very really necessary, especially, you know, when I've been uh, doing uh, like a writing for the, the Japanese traditional instruments or Korean traditional instrument, it's quite, important to actually get, you know, in hand or with all those instruments and then try it out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some of the techniques, literally it is re- really, I have to take on the instruments or like, you know, try on the Guten or, or et cetera to actually kind of extend the possibility of uh, extended techniques. So a lot of thing is kind of, you know, really are creations not just the music itself but the techniques themselves as well
0: yeah i think that's really interesting i just remember myself writing for trumpet or something and even if you can't play trumpet you should try just to learn what it feels like for the person playing you know what it's going to be like and say that's hard for me i'm sure it's hard for them and i don't know you think about it but i think that's interesting to own the instruments that you're exploring and not just, uh, theorizing in your head, you know, what it's going to sound like.
1: But... Yeah. I mean, that's really, yeah, that, that's extremely important. And in fact, you know, in the educational sort of mind, I think, you know, I always encourage all my students to actually have a very close relationship with performers. In fact, that's their lesson 101, you know, for all my composition students. It's like, okay, you're writing for the violin solo piece. Guess what? Your job right now, besides just reading, you know, the orchestration books, etc., you go find a musician, test out all the possibilities that you can, and then also explore the other possibilities that the people might not even have done before, you know, with the performer directly. So I think, you know, that's definitely the best. Because, you know, at the same time, when you're working with the performers, you can also ensure whatever you are writing it's, you know, it's doable. Mm-hmm. yeah so
0: so it, I didn't th- know th- this hmm. this is a question so was this piece uh I gotta remember how to say it Zu Flus? did you work with Haisheng on that or no <laughs>
1: and this particular piece actually was the commissions for another uh prayer in taiwan for his recital and it was commissioned by the the national council hall yeah so um i at, at that time i was actually uh were close to i mean okay i should say this uh a lot of experience and the techniques that i uh, a lot of techniques that i used in this particular piece i did already work with Haichung previously because uh in 2003 i guess uh, yeah i i got a um a commission from hoverfront front to compose a uh, uh zen concerto for hai Chong. so at that time i did already explore quite a lot of different possibilities and then later on uh, there are quite a lot of opportunities that i have bothered her to <laughs> perform my music or explore the different possibilities of uh, uh techniques etc so i did actually already learn a lot from her but then uh in addition to that i mean when i work on the During Francis, as I mentioned, because you know I'm kind of in the stage that I want to create something that I never done before or I never actually encountered before that I can find it from the you know any of the videos or or pre-existing compositions. So I literally went and bought the instrument myself. To try out, <laughs> so so in a way, it's not only just be, be you know working closely with the performers, but at the same time, yeah, I get on the hands of the instruments and I try out the techniques. Yeah, so a lot of like a harmonics concept, you know, how to bow certain locations on the bridge to come up with certain harmonic uh, sounds, etc. Those are all very precisely being notated, and it's, it's you know because I do actually work on the instrument directly to come up with all those sounds. And then, uh, I mean, besides, yeah, uh, uh the, the, um, the Zen who I work with in Taiwan, who commissioned me to write this piece, he was also very open-minded. So, yeah, I mean, we have had, uh, done a lot of very fun techniques and, and also make the music really, awesome i hope yeah in this case you know it was uh, everything's all composite together
0: that's very interesting about the bode part because i actually watched it and said i don't think that's part of like the you know normal techniques <laughs> but it's <laughs> interesting that you brought it up because i said i won't talk about it but <laughs> all right well then we can go i because kind of then talk to you uh Chung about how did you learn how to play and is this something that was just everybody was doing it, or did was it special that you chose the zheng?
2: During my time, I learned this instrument. when I was very young. Um, that was late 1980s in China. Uh, in that period, China was not as prosperous as today. Uh, like many kids, has the opportunity have the opportunity to learn music. So the Zheng is definitely one of the most popular Chinese musical instruments. But at my time, uh, in the late 1980s, it was not. Very few families um, could afford, actually, their own kids to study music. And I was lucky. And my father taught me the violin. That was my first instrument when I was three. Did very bad, and I stopped at six. And one of my father's friends taught me Chinese hammered dulcimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for free. At that, that time, a lot of that just came out of friendship. So he really taught me like six years, uh, hemidocimer, and I was majoring in that instrument. And when I was eight, uh, my mom, uh, none of my families really saw instrument like Gu Zheng before, never and even not heard about this. And my mom heard his name and she thought it was the harp. <laughs> because there's a painting about music like harp on the wall. So uh, in my city was in the western, uh, northwestern China, and uh, a lot of um, like top musicians were sent to my hometown during the Cultural Revolution. So our city is not like Shanghai Beijing, very uh, like advanced in general. Um, So uh, late 1980s, China was opening up. So they're starting this kind of first generation of private uh, like music school concept. So those Teachers, the uh, first generation professional training China, um, first able to, you know, so they they want to study a school like a pre conservatory uh, school uh, in my city. So they start to uh, uh, cruise kids. So my mother saw the new uh, advertisement, so she just want to test my ear if my ear was right. So I went there. They thought my ear was quite good, and I can sing exercise, you know, all Yangtze exercise. So they were quite impressed. Uh, Yangtze is a Chinese hammer a docimer uh the, the name and then my they asked me what instrument i want to learn my mom said the guzheng you know because but none of them really saw the guzheng so that's my first time actually you know when i walk into my teacher's uh, very uh, nice gentleman uh elderly gentleman his house first time i really see the um, you know saw the guzheng mm. so that started my guzheng um uh, career, basically. And then when I was 12, my teacher recommended me to uh, to to get into the conservatory. I never heard about conservatory in China. If you want to be a professional musician, you have to like get into the pre school of conservatory when you were 12 very competitive. They only accepted two person per major per year nationwide. Very competitive. I was lucky and I got into the CN Conservatory of Music uh, when I was 12 and I left my hometown when I was 12 because I have to take 12 hour train to go to the school boarding school. So that started my guzheng learning <laughs> path. So Actually, you know, my journey with Zhichun is kind of interesting because she grew up this Western trained uh, you know, composer path and in, start encounter, uh, encountering with the Chinese music when basically become a professional musician I started when she's adult. And I'm totally opposite. I started this so-called professional training in traditional Chinese music. Ten years, I went, you know, conservatory. I graduated from Shanghai Conservatory uh, for my bachelor's. And all the repertoires I played when I was in China were composed by Chinese composers. Even though it's concertos, this kind of a new concept borrowed from Western classical music, uh, still they're composed by Chinese composers. Until when I went to New York uh, to participate uh, a half year, a tour, performing tour, invited by music from China, quite a prestigious uh, ensemble. That was the first time I encountered with Zhijun's music, Michael's music. And uh, I think from that point on, it started a brand new journey for me. Yeah, so (laughs) starting point. (laughs) I think that year, that year was 1999, Zhijun. I think it's, it's not 1998.
1: Really? I thought it was 98. I think it's 99. Yeah,
2: 1999, because
1: I remember. At 98. 98. That... Really? Yes, at 98, in Kansas at that, that, that time. Yeah.
2: Really? Uh... Oh my gosh, then that, my memory got wrong. Anyway, it's a, around that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First time I came to the US, I never thought I would come to the US because there's nothing related to what I grew up, you know, the culture, training, mindset so that's the kind of breakthrough
1: (laughs) time Mm -hmm. oh i I have to mention something though our first encounter experience Mm -hmm. you know Hai Chong definitely like you know put me in shock okay i mean if people know about my music they probably would never think anyone in the world would ever memorize my piece in three weeks okay I'm not even talking about just memorize my music that is already kind of ah incense. Yeah, but I mean she did it. I mean Hai Chong did it. I mean. And then she took three, three weeks to learn my piece. And she was on stage and, you know, and I still remember there were like audience breakdown tears because the piece was related to William Albright who passed away. And, and it's like a in-memory of her, of him. Yeah. So, I mean, Hai joons uh, performance was so in touch with all the audience at that time. I, and I was purely in shock.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing
1: yes it's awesome i mean really seriously i mean as a composer i have to you know knock on the wood and then you know just being very lucky really i'm just so lucky to yeah, actually you know have Chong as my uh, you know muse, f- performer you yeah muse yeah and then then i mean really I mean just just like uh, you know it has been a, a very amazing uh journey I mean Haichung did two other sort of pieces of mine uh this year both are memorized too I don't I literally didn't even know how she did it but she did it it's just yeah she's an amazing musician for sure
0: so this is an interesting topic kind of like we can go on a tangent here but um funny enough I studied with a Taiwanese percussionist, uh, Ayun Huang, and she is all about memorizing. And I, and when I was doing my degree, a lot of things were about memorizing. Do you memorize or try to memorize all the pieces that you play, Aisheng, or?
2: Well, no, well it depends. Uh, for solos, I think I have to, because uh, if I still looking at the music, I cannot reach to a level I think a soloist should be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But trust me, the practicing process was not fun. Uh, <laughs> it was very challenging. Uh, it's really um, maybe like this. You know, that since the first time I met Jichun, all you know, in the 20 years in in the last two decades, it's like uh, Children provide this path for me to restudy my instrument because I the pain side is not from just, uh, memorize finding the notes. It's really, um, I have to break down my old way, old mindset of thinking and looking at the instrument, every piece I have to endure a kind of reborn myself. Okay. I have to quiet down myself. Okay. This is a new thing I have to restudy. Okay. This is the, cause every tuning set is different. We can talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to literally study every string every pitch, you know, every string is a different pitch. It's not like piano, E is E, A-sharp is A-sharp. It's not. <laughs> and then <clears throat> the piece concept, none of her piece even similar or close to the repertoires I played in China. It's like two cultures, even though I'm using two, uh, one instrument. Uh, so it's, uh, the beginning was painful, especially the first time I went to New York, It's a tremendous amount of new music and uh, yeah memorize different pieces because i'm used to that level you know performance level i i cannot endure just looking at the music and play the notes i myself cannot you know went over that uh, i cannot endure it so i have to memorize it and then through that process i feel like oh, wow the guzheng can express like this very effective i, lo- I love that piece um but that piece consider her later pieces uh is traditional. If you hear her later pieces is, especially the, the the last piece um uh, I practiced, every piece is you know is Mackay. Like Mackay, yes.
1: Yes, Mackay. How
2: a composer, you know and especially during the McKay, you know, children brought her instrument. See, you can play like this, play like that. You know, I re- I studied the instrument with her. I said, oh yeah, how come I never thought that the instrument can be played like this way? Oh yeah, she looks so easy, but how come I, I just couldn't do it. You know, it's so funny, this mutual way. And then so, yeah, basically, you know, playing jiu piece is um, forced me to open my mind. It's mind opening constant You know, every time I have after play a piece, I feel like, okay, great. Yeah. I'm open-minded. You know, I'm all flexible enough. No, next piece comes. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, you know, every time again and again, I start to get familiar with this mental process. So I become more patient when I practice my key, same thing. I have this uh, deadline. I have to practice this piece in, I I forgot, six weeks or five weeks and I have tons of other things. I feel like, okay, clear my mind. I have to come back to this professional conservatory kind of uh, practicing mode, you know, because at conservatory, basically we just practice, practice, practice like eight hours a day. And at this age, okay, concentrate. So for the first four weeks, basically just get familiar with the notes, patience okay, why the rhythm is like, like this? I, I, I felt like this is better, but she said, no, it's too slow. I felt it's too slow. He, she said, this, no, faster. You know, I'm processing this information. And then last two weeks, yes. And at the end, when I memorized, I felt like, oh, I finally understand a little bit of her original thinking. So it's really learning process. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think it's so interesting that it kind of permeates life. I think, like you said, when you do it so much and you're so open-minded, I always feel like it's always permeated my life. Once I stopped doing music, you know, I go to the store, or I go to a job and I have to work with someone, you know, on a different level. It's like, wow, that this kind of feels like I got this for music, maybe. So <laughs> it definitely has an influence.
2: Indeed. Yeah.
0: So that's actually great. I think this goes kind of into one of the other topics Not that we have to go in order here, but um, I guess the notational thing. So I didn't know that each piece has a different tuning system, I guess, that you re- you retune the strings. So how do you notate that? <laughs> that's a good question. And, and is it normally notated? I guess that's the other question. Um, when you learn traditional instruments, and I don't know if it's something like where there's traditional, maybe not hymns is not the right word. That's the word I have in my mind for a Western thing, but something that you would do. How, how is that notated in traditional things, not in Western notation?
2: Yeah, maybe I start from traditional way uh, and then, you know, we can have a clear idea about how to become innovative. Um, the guzheng is a zither, as Zach mentioned before, It's a like 21 strings, the standard one today. And we also have 16 strings uh, used to be steel strings. And under each string, there's a movable bridge uh, for tuning or changing scales. Traditionally, we tune the guzheng or zheng, guzheng spelled G-U-Z-H-E-N-G. Gu basically means ancient. And in the past, throughout history, the instrument was called the zheng, Z-H-E-N-G. So today, the people popularly call it Gu Zheng because it's an ancient instrument. The Zheng was tuned uh, traditionally most in pentatonic scale. So pentatonic scale is a five-note scale, like da da di da da not da da di da 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 But it doesn't mean that it doesn't have fine t, only da-re-mi-sa-la. And the way we play traditional pieces is we use the right hand to pluck the right side of the bridge, which is tuning to perfect pentatonic uh, scale, to pluck the strings. And I use our left hand to bend the left side of the strings to create all kinds of stylistic bendings or uh you know ornamentations so that's the major part of traditional uh, flavor i would say because in china the Zheng tradition has different traditional schools are associated with uh you know like northern western local dialects and local operatic music very strong flavors so we during my training, we were focused on how to bend precisely, create, you know, be authentic of the style, the traditional style, of different schools. That's the key. And also, because this nature of playing, most of traditional pieces are, uh, I call it, uh, uh, linear, because it's a like a melodic line. It's not chordal progression. It's a melodic line and very focused on left hand bendings, and uh, so. That's the kind of basic image of traditional playing, pentatonic scale and a single melody, a a line with a lot of nuanced left-hand bendings. And then then we can pass to Zhichun, to talk about how she recreate this instrument, you know, and each piece uh, used the flexibility of the instrument and to, to suit her uh, a sound image, you know, all the other all things. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh just like had said, uh, yeah, I mean the traditional uh tuning or all pentatonic scales and primaries are in the D pentatonic scale, G Pentatonic scales, and yeah, I think those two are the most common ones, and then you alter from there. So I mean Basically, uh, yeah. So, so we total have. I mean, Guzan has a twenty-one string. So, for me, I was so happy because the movable bridges actually give me a lot of, you know, uh, possibilities that to actually, you know, do the scolatura tuning. Yeah, and uh, my idea is that you know. I mean, as a con- contemporary music composers, you know, I, I tend like to think about that. Okay. I need all my all 12 notes otherwise I would die no just kidding (laughs) it's just the concept of like oh okay you know the the 12 notes yeah that that is quite important now you know nowadays there are even uh, composers actually purposely tuning microtone events. yeah so I mean for this particular instrument everything is possible now uh, I do actually tell people sometimes or like I encourage my students you know when we try to retune the guzen or any traditional zither instruments, you know, try to start from their traditional tuning first and then we just, you know, move, mildly yeah so like you know you can do like a half step lower or high or half step higher you know to kind of you know create the the, the different uh tuning concepts and uh it took me quite some time you know to actually work out a systems to actually uh make a scale that will actually work, uh, work f- well for each one of the piece. But now think about this, like, you know, each one of a piece, you know, I can create my own scales. So they, the sounding, the, 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 uh, the, the color of the music, it would be definitely quite different, you know, just even based on different scales that I've been tuning for the, the instruments. Yeah. So, I mean, it gives me a lot of, you know, possibilities in comparison to all the other traditional instruments. And, uh, and I more and more learned how to utilize, you know, the, uh, tuning so I can freely actually create any type of the traditional scale sounding music within. The twelve-tone uh, tuning uh, system on the guzheng. So, for instance, like uh, um, uh, let's just talk about the example that I wrote for uh, Hai Chong, uh, the Dots Lines Convergence, the Guzheng Concerto, which, which, which I think that maybe you remember it. I think it, they they performed it while you were at USF as well.
0: Yeah, so I for didn't that
1: realize, yeah. yeah yeah so for that particular piece i mean again it's a scordatura tuning and goodzen so if it actually goes on to, uh like a, a, just descript the strings from the, the the lowest strings up to the high string it this it would actually sounds like a you know all very 12 tone type of you know sounding uh tuning scale as, uh, aspect. But for that particular piece, the second movement is completely Asian. So how to actually approach that mindset, but within the same tuning without actually retune. So anything, you know, in the middle of a piece, that's become, you know, one of a um, fun tests that I like, like to do, you know, on this particular I- instrument. And I have to say that I uh, should be told, um, I mean, Hai Chong has been amazing because to deal with scrotor, scrotor tuning, every piece. I mean, it's all different tuning for sure. I mean, the tuning processes take time already, but for the musicians, uh, the performers to be able to adapt the new scale and then you know be able to get used to you know how they can perform to the the strings that actually also take a lot of practice and talents for sure now uh, i do also encounter with some of the prayer they would actually just kind of memo uh, each one of the strings by numbers and with the traditional tuning uh, concepts so even the tune uh, the the scale actually was scordatura but they memo each one of the strings by their traditional string names so they would know which you know string to Prox when they practice the, the, the piece. So yeah, I do actually come across that. So sometimes, yeah, like uh, right now, contemporary music uh Zen pieces, they will come with two layers of scores side by side. One is you know, like the the score in C, the other one would be the score in the traditional tuning uh concept, just to help out uh the turn prayer for who might not actually have enough experience like Chong, yeah to be able to perform contemporary piece that is you know tune it differently than traditional way yeah so i mean it, it is fun it's a challenge but i yeah, uh poor, poor musician nevertheless because of them so there are a lot more music that can be produced yeah and then just the traditional pentatonic music after yeah 20th century i think
0: yeah, yeah, that reminds me a lot of guitar because the guitar tablature is like that, too, because some people, you know, you can then it's like, I don't care what tune in. I mean, it's a, you know, fret three <laughs> or, you know, for yours, yes. it would be a string number. So that's mm-hmm. that's interesting that there's those parallels, I guess, just maybe because it's a stringed instrument, maybe there's always be those parallels between tuning and the actual physical thing that you're doing, which string.
1: But I don't think Haichun ever done that at all. I mean, she just, yeah. I mean, she, she has a perfect pitch and she is able to actually, you know, do it just, you know, based on the Western locations. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, she, she, I mean, she's great.
2: <laughs> well, one interesting, uh, just, I, I remember uh, while I listen to talking about notation is uh, since we're talking about notation, um, one of the feature of traditional notation in Chinese uh, music is uh, the notation is not a it's, a, it's a, it's just like a map, right? A lot of uh, style nuances or expressions are created by the performers themselves in China. So you see the notation simple, uh, probably before the uh, conservatory time, you know, traditional, I mean, in the village or in the, uh, in the past, it's just few notes. You use Chinese character to tell you where the major melody is. Very simple. You cannot learn much from that notation because it's our tradition you have to learn through your teachers through your listening through you get familiar with language so all the nuance and the stylistic things what we regarded as very important in traditional music are passed through our tradition not through notation
1: mm-hmm. but
2: in contemporary time in modern time uh, notation is extremely important so I remember there are few occasions I don't I don't uh, not specifically, but you know I said oh I, I naturally I will create something you know based on Chishu's notation I think okay I can do this. To me I think it's natural, but con- to composers they want some some specific. They said oh probably this. So it could be advantage, and sometimes I need to truly understand what the composers know. So the notation nowadays, Chichu knows me now. You know we know each other very well. So when I look at Jichun's notation, okay I kind of know what she means because after 22 decades working together uh, she knows me too so we're really in each in each other but the first time I came to the US when I look at notation I was like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I said why don't you use the piano okay or the harp Why bother why the guzheng you know I ask uh, and sometimes I said I remember the, the piece, the dot uh, lines convergence. Uh, we pre- premiered that piece at Carnegie Hall. And then uh, I was like, please say, you know, get, play uh, write a right uh, you know movement with a lot of traditional flavor. I just said, OK, 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 very nice. Right. And then when the music came, I said mm, that the Jasmine, the folk song, Jasmine, so so famous, it's become distorted. And she said, yeah, that's what I want. You know, the first moment I I did not understand what, why that's what she wants, you know, mm, the song, sounds like this. And then when I play it, become the music, you know, and then I thought oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. This is the way, you know, we talk about, you know, East, West, you know, this or that it's, it's just language concept, but it is in music, in communication, in this process that, uh, I think I, you know, back to open-minded or flexible mind, it's not only led me to uh, understand something new like opening my mind but deeper understand how music can can make all of us prosperous you know like uh in music uh and become richer and become us <laughs> original you know it's, it's a very fascinating experience every every piece working with children it just uh, yeah renew my sense of i i feel like i never know this instrument before
0: I think that's great that you said, uh, I don't know if you said confluence, but uh, I looked up. So the name of the the piece that we'll be hearing, uh, Suzanne means confluence, which means the merging of two rivers. So that's very interesting that you said that. I'm like, perfect tie into that as well. So I guess this is a question for both of you. Well, I know that before we had said that there's a lot of Western people that are you know writing for this is not just an eastern thing anymore is that a new occurrence or is it something that started happening like in the 60s or you know kind of during that time after world war 2 or kind of what's the history of that that you both know
1: i think you know for uh for what i have encountered um people actually has been starting to do it I mean, to like arrive for the, uh, I mean, I'm talking about like a Westerners, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, try to actually compose for the traditional instruments, not just for the uh, Chinese, but like, uh, you know, different types of traditional instruments. I think it might be like a late, um, 20th century. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you're talking about sixties, I, I guess, um, uh, you, if you are talking about, uh, Lu, 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 sense, you know, et and that, that's different, you know, type of, uh, situations. Yeah. I mean, it's also used like a, common uh, music, etc. Yeah. Uh, or later on the John Cage, you know, try some of, uh, the, the things, but, uh, uh but when I'm talking about, like, uh, to really, more or less like focusing on maybe writing for the Chinese traditional instrument per se, because that's actually one of the things that I um, encountered uh, for years. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably uh, late uh, 20th centuries, but uh, like uh, uh, early 21st century, th- 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 you know they are really good pieces, blossoms in early 20s, uh, 21st century. I mean, it's so amazing, like a German composers, American composers, you know, uh, I mean, mean, some of the pieces just phenomenal. And, you know, it it is um, for me as a composer, uh, every piece that I compose, uh, I mean, before I compose any piece, I actually tend like to do research no matter uh, I'm already familiar with the instruments or not, because I also kind of force myself to uh kind of you know uh looking at what type of things that has been coming new. Yeah. And lately I do actually find out that oh my god, there are so many great composers there. I mean, I'm talking about Western uh composers, they are just writing phenomenal ways to you know for the traditional instruments and it's it's they are effective, very effective. And I have to say that, you know, even myself as an Asian composer, I'm, I'm learning. Still, you know, I'm I'm learning from those composers' work as well, you know, and also how how they deal with the instruments, etc. Now, yeah, I mean, there are there are things that sometimes I might come across, oh wow, how did they do that? And it might not be so practical, but you know, again, it's a living experience, and then you know, it's also um, I, I mean yeah people just get the opportunity to work with performers nowadays so like uh, for instance Wei, a very uh, famous uh player i mean he lived in germany for majority of his life nowadays yeah and like or so, uh, what is that uh the Tian you know, a lot of great European composers, they just write a lot of fantastic pieces for him, you know, for him to premiere with the orchestras in Europe. And, and they are very effective as well. So, I mean, it is really not uh, per se that there's, I mean, again, music without boundary anymore. That's the, the conclusion I think, uh, right conclusion nowadays. And just like, you know, for me, you know, I'm Taiwanese-American. But then I learned how to write for uh, Japanese traditional instruments, the Korean traditional instruments, and I learned the rhythmic concepts from Indian, you know, tapats, uh, etc. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is all the learning process. And luckily, we are in the 21st century. The technology is so easy for us to learn things and to encounter, you know, with musicians all around the world. So everything is so possible nowadays.
0: You don't even have to, I mean, really have to be in the same room as anyone anymore. I mean, you could literally have a webinar with a composition class and teach them and have them see someone playing it, you know, whereas before, maybe even, I don't know, 20 years ago, I'm sure that would be, I don't even know if that would exist, you know, to do video conferencing at that level, (laughs) I think.
1: Yeah, I know exactly. In fact, I really have to say that, you know, although pandemic is such a hardship for all of us, but at the same time, because of the pandemic, there are, you know, it's opened up a different type of uh, possibilities for musicians to encounter globalize. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is very nice sometimes that I feel, you know, during this time period, I don't need to, you know, take a long flight to go to Europe or go to go, go to U S, you know, for uh, rehearsals and concerts, etc. I can just literally do it by Zoom because technology is so advanced nowadays. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, like what we are doing now. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, exactly. in the past, maybe I had to, you know, buy the flight tickets and Hai do had have to, go down to Tampa and we all have to meet up in Tampa and then and mm-hmm. hope to have a council or something after that but nowadays you know we can just do it all online and we're you know we are even in the well, 13 hours difference is time zone now so
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything is possible it's yeah, actually it's quite convenient in the, in the way
0: yeah that's what I thought I was like well also just because of the time difference it was like that's great because um, right now I believe it is is it hit midnight yet there?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's midnight. It's early for composers. Come on. It, yeah. <laughs> we, our lives just started. <laughs> <That's a weak laughs> I have a deadline tomorrow. So I'm oh no, it's today. Oh, darn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I guess, uh, yeah. So speaking of that, I guess we're getting close to the end. But I guess like the last thing, maybe I just want to ask, unless there's any more topics that you all had in mind that you really wanted to get out. If not, then
2: well I, I do want to add something to uh, your last question where Chichun, uh, what Chichun just answered uh, yeah we, we all appreciate the convenience and this uh, you know not two rivers and many rivers which were just basically drinking one river um, but in the 20th century it's not the case uh, I think it's quite um, uh, it's quite <laughs> you know since the beginning of 20th century when I was in China what I witnessed is a huge change you know when I was born in late 1970s and then uh, talking about you know Western and Chinese uh, it was it's always difficult path for many people because because uh, these two. You know like western uh, classical music and Chinese traditional music it's entirely two different nature like traditional music was not meant for concert music for virtuosity it was meant for self-cultivation communities you know music Uh, so in this conservatory they want to institutionalize and make uh, the music transform it into a music that can you know have a similar function, you know, to public concert. So there are a lot of, I remember 1980s, you know, uh, when China finished the uh, uh, Cultural Revolution. Uh, in fact, the eight model operas was a great example of how Western music and the Chinese music were confluenced were together to serve political purpose. But besides political purpose, the music itself, you can see a lot of already, you know, uh, mixed together. And then, and when nineteen uh, eighties, when the door is open, a lot of Chinese um, composers, you know, went to the West. Uh, like now, the leading composers we know Tan Dun, we know Chen Yi, Zhou Long. In the U.S., they're all one of the earliest generations came to the U.S. And then to do this all multicultural, you know, confluence in the at the end. Uh, so for for Chinese music, I remember um, it was a time the debate about. Uh, means Western music, Chinese music was hot and has been going on again and again about, you know, how to change the repertoire because the repertoire I played at the beginning was a single melody, right? Traditional, very meditative, very, it's for the self. And then we need more repertoires for concert stage, so there are new compositions, use some like a chordal, you know, things like Western idea, ABA form, and then, you know, techniques and borrowed sometimes from piano, from harp and, or created just sheer by composers who want to show the virtuosity. It's not negative. It's a, you know, it's a just progress because the function of an instrument become different in the past. And then gradually more composers pouring and then create this Vast diversity of repertoires, you know, just like everyone's being open mind, open mind, constantly by one after another of new repertoires. That's in early ninety eight nineties, and then again and again, you know, until when I met Chichun in late, you know, beginning of twenty first twenty first century is like. uh, the world is totally, you know like open work uh, kind of warm it's just open up and everything is possible so uh but the debate about because music has their own identity they think oh it, whether this is a truly presented the, the instrument that's another big topic but i think it's just fascinating you know in the last few decades I saw the transformation you know a single instrument the transformation of a single instrument and my, i my personally uh, experienced lucky enough to grow uh, up in China, all this system, and then come here two decades more with Chun, you know, and other composers to witness and to, to understand what's going on in, the, in this world, different side of the world, but at the end, it confluence <laughs> together to create a fantastic music scene on this instrument.
0: So it's interesting what you just said, um, and I think this will go into the next question too, kind of saying, is this the correct way to use the instrument or is this kind of uh, abusing it? And I think it was the question that I was going to ask both of you is like, I know it's come up and we've people have learned about it more you know, as we've gotten into the 21st century, but um, what can we do to kind of expose more people to it and then also expose it in a I guess a way that represents it right, you know, cause I know some people you could maybe think, Oh, well, I'm going to have a, a part that sounds Chinese in my piece. Oh, I'll just use pentatonic of like, well, it's a lot, it's, you know, there's a lot of complexities to this music. I don't know. Just maybe talk about that for our, our last kind of ending question is like, how do we represent this music and this whole body of tradition in a way that uh, I guess isn't offensive, maybe <laughs> as Westerners, you know, as somebody, if I was going to write a piece, for uh zheng you know what's the interesting things i should keep in mind and, and how do we expose that and make it just something that we all know in university you know that we learn about every composer learns about
2: well one thing i learned from Zhichun is that uh, i used to have that question a lot and a, a lot of my chinese listeners they have that question too they it's not sound like Zheng, you know it's i because uh, the comfortable to get off comfortable zone is difficult and then, uh, but now I don't think the question in this way, I think there's no this or that, you know, as you, we just talked about. Now it's very, is you know, everything is possible. Everything is unique. I think as long as uh, the composer express, uh, they have to do the research, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then best to use the instrument uh, in whatever way, as long as it reflect its own, you know, his or her own unique thought. Like Zhechun gave this great examples of her new pieces. Everyone is not just for sheer novelty or just she did a lot of research based on her own culture, background and uh, understanding and her own vision. And this is it. There's nothing you have, you cannot say this is a Chinese or a Western. This is just shallow to the the perspective. I think it's, you know, it's like, uh, we back up from the something true. We just see the sign. No, I think it's in this case for like when I, when I play children's piece, I never thought this, this or that I just play, this is the music I play. This is on the drone. And then I think it's very whatever name you give, you know, title or label is, is there, it's just, uh, it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So,
2: uh, I think that's the best way to understand music is like, take out all the labels of my mind because that is my, uh, narrow, narrowing my mind, narrowing perception is like uh, boxes I put on. I think the best way to c- approach uh, new music is without any box, just being open as a musician that, that doesn't matter where you come from and uh, wholeheartedly uh, present what the composer's original thought and wholeheartedly uh, express what I feel. So I think that's the best way to approach new music.
0: To your point, what you just said, I think that you can tell when somebody has put the effort in to learning about it, and oh. it's not just a novelty, and no matter what they do, you can still feel like, oh, they've, they've known how they know I can do this. I know they know this little traditional thing maybe that might they might do, but then it's in 12 tone, you know? So I think it's just learning and showing that, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's very obvious You know, good uh, or mediocre. It's okay, it's all okay, it's a learning process. And then uh, regardless, uh, you know, what level the repertoire is, there's always something uh, like inspiring. So uh, for musicians, I think the, the job is to interpret the piece well.
1: Yeah, I think you know as a composer. I mean, like, uh, yeah, when we were talking about using the traditional instruments, but then uh, how we actually, you know, identified or or how how we, you know, defined, you know, of actually using the traditional instruments, etc. For for me, okay, traditional instrument, yes, it does actually carry tradition for sure. I'm talking about the history parts, yeah, and so that says that, you know, like for instance, Zhen, you know, uh, mentioned that there are, you know, several different uh, schools, different styles that, you know, from the traditional, so there are certain type of bending techniques, certain you know, uh, very elegant ways of uh, treating the South North, you know, part of uh, the music that is traditionally treated. Those Still would be my considerations as well, but at the meantime, you know, for me, when I start to deal with the instruments, not only carry the tradition, but also you know extend the possibility of and entering the contemporary music world that says that I'm hoping that when people encounter, you know, any of my music, no matter it's for the traditional instruments or Western instruments or whatsoever, they can somehow come across of a label, ah, this is the traditionalist music. That, that's mm-hmm. what I'm searching for that's what I have been lived up my life for yeah so you know it, instrument it's a tour it's you know it's a way to, of to approach this goal yeah so you know the way that I deal with the um the uh, the traditional instrument like guzen's etc you know would not be too much differences than the way that I deal with the you know violins or percussions etc so like you know make a very uh, quick examples um like zurin phrases when i wrote this piece i mean the uh it's actually for guzhen and the percussion and, and the primary percussion instrument actually is vibraphone and then a, a, a symbol but the way the, of the the conferences in between of uh uh and the vibraphone especially in the middle sections when we we're you know dealing with the harmonic concept from the guzheng and the vibraphone my idea was purely just for people you know any audience cross their eyes they would be amazed they didn't even they would not even be able to guess which sound is from which instrument it's how that you know the 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 temper uh, games, you know, the, the encounters of the, the tempers, you know, the emergence of, you know, different sounds, you know, although they are from completely two different instruments, but they can be, you know, together with the perfect marriage, even though one is from West, one is from East. So that's kind of my approach, you know, when I deal with, you know, using the uh, traditional instruments or Western instruments, etc.
0: Very nice. I I can see that now. Listen, hearing the piece in my head, where it's they kind of both present themselves as two different things, and then yeah, really become yeah. one thing.
1: It's it's kind of fun because you know in a way, especially like you know for this particular piece, I have been trying to imitate Guzheng from vibraphone. At the same time, I also use you know Guzheng to imitate uh, uh to imitate the vibraphone and vibraphone to imitate gooden so they are like encounter they are like a going across in each other's world even though they are completely di- different instruments so again that's what we're talking about the compositional mindset and uh, you know how we print out the blueprints you know how we compose the piece and i think that's in the way in conclusion is much more meaningful Meaningful way of approach, and then actually thinking about, oh, okay, all the barriers, etc. Okay, you know, I'm treating, I'm doing, you know, I'm writing for for traditional uh, Chinese instrument, it has to be sounds like a traditional Asian instrument sounding. No, it is not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, when I'm dealing with violins, et cetera, I can make them just sounds like an Asian traditional instrument too. Like uh, hu, et cetera, I can you know, using certain type of techniques to make the violin become completely different instruments. Yeah, and then than they than who they are originally. So I mean right now it's all about like a, you know borrowing different techniques from each other and then have fun. You know, really true to be topic composer, the best part is to have fun. You know, if we don't have enjoyment, enjoyments of doing this, this then this task will be much too difficult for any human being true to, true to be told because you know like when we say that it is already past midnight your composer is still awake you know who on the earth want to have this crazy life if we don't really in love with it and it's because you know okay we are thinking well, okay you know I have to come up with some piece some idea that it is you know it, it can you know I can have fun with you know the process also I'm hoping the end result of my piece can also bring a you know a, a very positive weight of uh, uh, conclusions for the audience or, so, so, you know, I'm hoping that, that they can somehow, you know, have some sort of enjoyment from my music or my combination of, you know, creations as well. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, my my philosophy as a composer using yeah, different instruments, etc.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's a good uh, way to end. <laughs> um, so I guess Uh, Unless there was no other comments. Uh, I guess we could leave it with um, what you two are doing some some events coming up. I know we're playing Chishun's piece. um, But is there anything else that you want to note that's coming up for you?
2: Well, uh, maybe uh, I should mention one of uh, my uh, long-time project. I want to finish is to uh, release an album, an album of um, all the contemporary pieces on the zheng composed by Zhi Chun. Yes, this is my, this is a, a Dante task. Uh, luckily, you know, we, 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 we have some recordings already, and I need to record at least two more pieces. Um, but I think uh, one of the uh, reason I want to do it is not only, um, you know, have this recording available, but also to let more people, uh, you know, people, not only Western, but people in Asian parts, uh, parts know there's a uh, people here devoted, you know, years, <laughs> you know, after midnight still writing <laughs> music <laughs> on this instrument and, uh, through music, um, you know, let this fun and a joy this, joy, and this open, you know, there's no boundary type of feeling and the mindset can permit more people get in touch with more people and inspire more people to, um, be, just relax and breathe, and creative enough to continue write great music for uh, any instrument. You know, any human. <laughs> uh, I mean, any country. You know, for just for yeah, in, uh, sheer enjoyment of human beings. I think that's the essence, uh, really. Without that, it's difficult for for performers to to practice, <laughs> even. So yeah, I, I definitely uh, uh, you know. Uh, be with Zhichun because that's the major thing can let me continue this thing is that enjoyment at the end This a mind opening inspiring uh, through her music it was beyond language she doesn't have to say anything just within that notes I understand her and understand myself is all connected
1: also touched you know mm-hmm. I have to say that you know as a composer I mean it it, it is definitely a greatest blessing you know, to actually have an encounter with, you know, such a great performer like Hai and Just as a composer, normally we encounter a, a lot of commissions uh, uh, and, and then it comes with like a, a condition type of commissions Like people will tell you, oh, I only want this. I only want that, you know, it cannot be too difficult. It cannot be, to be this, that, you know, whatsoever. And I have to say, you know, Working with Hai Chong has been a wonderful, you know, experience. It's up to date because you know I remember when I the first commission that I worked with her, the first thing she said, "Do whatever you want." Mm-hmm. I'm like a yay yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting a jet pot because you know, what on the earth can we actually do whatever we want? You know, as a composer, especially in the commission type of situations that the people already light up for the concert. It's like, a, yeah. yes, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it was really, you know, wonderful. Yeah, it has been a great experience and and, and to be told, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot, wait, you know, to have this CD project to be done. Yeah. And it would be, uh, you know, our long-term documentations <laughs> for, for what we have been, you know, together for, uh, working as a performers and, and, and great friends really. Yeah. For, I mean, since 1998 up to date. Yeah. Uh-huh. so that that's definitely, yeah, very looking forward to it for sure
0: yeah that i look forward to that too and when that comes out we will put it out on the camp website whenever that is <laughs> so well thank you very much for being here and uh that's where we'll leave it for today so thank you
1: thank you zach thank you teachers. thank you so nice to talk to you both it was so nice
0: thank you for listening to play the inc stay tuned for more episodes with this list of hopeful guests Percussionist Ben Reimer and composer Nicole Lise, composer Michael Timpson and a performer to be determined, percussionist Ayun Huang and composer violinist Mari Kimura, and percussionist Fabrice Mirandola and composer Philippe Laroux.